Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Rob. We're a writing team from New Jersey with a passion for film. An aggressive, all-consuming passion. Well, whenever we see a news article we find, like, insane, uh, immediately it's... How can we make a movie out of this? Every episode we read a crazy article from different sources and tumble down our own rabbit hole. Discussing cast, crew, and plot. And then we hash out a pitch for a feature film. So, join us as we BS about movies and ask the important question... What do you got? What do you got? And we have speed. Hey everybody, welcome to our show. We're gonna dance and sing a little song for you. Rob just did a fucking split and a somersault. Ah! Oh, it, oh, it didn't end well. <laughs> oh, he's in pain. He's in pain is what that is. <laughs> oh, we're in a giddy mood today. As you welcome tell. back, everybody. We're we're ahead of schedule on this one, and we're excited about that. Um, that's all I've got. It's I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy we're ahead of schedule. Right? Oh, man. It feels good to have some in the bank. Yeah. Feels nice. So, on this lovely, I don't know what day it is, Wednesday as we sound to record. Wednesday uh, the 9th. We're talking about some weird, creepy shit. Yeah, we are. Uh, so, just rolling right into it, uh, I stumbled upon this uh, article by Ch- Charles Hellinger of the Los Angeles Times, uh, and it's kind of tracking how cemeteries and graveyards in New Orleans and Louisiana proper really have become almost tourist attractions, uh, mm-hmm. drawing people uh, who want to see either graves of famous people like voodoo queen Marie Laveau or just like see, you know, we're not used to in the Northeast or the Midwest or even the entire West Coast seeing the way that graveyards are set up in yeah. New Orleans, which are these above ground mausoleums. Uh, and there's a reason for that. It's for for a very long time. I'm not sure if it's still true. It was illegal to bury bodies in the ground in Louisiana, as you might expect, because of all the flooding. They would come back up. It's it's literally a city built on a below sea level swamp. So, <laughs> yeah, there's a great uh, it's a great post by this guy who works for a, a tabletop gaming company, and he's like, I'm going to review a map of New Orleans as if you had <laughs> submitted it as a map of your city in the Dungeons & Dragons system. That's like, fantastic. This doesn't make any sense. There's weird lines of little islands and shit. Why is there a highway going across a bay? It, look, there's a smaller part of the bay. Why are you, like, he's just breaking down how New Orleans makes no sense. It really doesn't, but it's the coolest city in the world. It, have you been? Nah. Okay, so I, I went for the first time uh, last year, August of 2019, almost exactly a year ago, um, and we friggin' loved it. We absolutely um, loved the French Quarter, we loved going – like, we didn't go to the cemeteries and stuff. We wanted to. We just didn't have time because we were only there for, like, four days. But we did a lot of, like, the ghost tours and stuff. And we went uh, we went to Marie Laveau's uh, uh, voodoo house and, like, saw a bunch of her stuff, uh, which was really cool. Um, the only the only part of New Orleans we didn't like was Bourbon Street. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, that's the Disney World Times Square of but, yeah, but New it, Orleans. Yeah, it, it really is because it's just – it's just dirty. <laughs> well, yeah, it's where all the strip clubs it's, it's are. It's just it's all strip clubs. Yeah. Which what, what if, I have no problem with strip clubs. I've, but it's it's all just throw up and piss in the streets and <laughs> and I'm not a big drinker and I'm not a big partier and so I may be boring, but uh, <laughs> everything else was excellent. But Bourbon Street, I was just like, I'll walk through this once at night, and then that's about all. That's that's all I need. Yeah, you just gotta lean in close to the concierge and say like, where can I go and see like the real 
shit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't need the Times Square junkie stuff. I yeah. just need the actual New Orleans. So we we did some really awesome, like just walking and stuff around uh, the French Quarter and and finding little like uh, small owned businesses and stuff, uh, things like that. And and again, the ghost tours were were really cool. We gotta we gotta see all these like places where they uh, based movies off of like a lot of uh, the American Horror Story season that was. In New Orleans, we mm-hmm. saw the place with like the the house or or hotel that that was based off of and stuff. But uh, I digress. Coming, I just yeah. wanted to say I love Nola, and if you haven't been, please. Once the world is somewhat back to hel- healthy standard, uh, go. Yeah, the uh, city is the city is pretty much in a perpetual state of recovery. Yeah, so <laughs> they could always use your money. Uh, some interesting uh, quotes from the article I, I want to read here. Uh, uh, aside from what we were talking about with bodies just popping out of the ground, like it's a fucking, uh, what's that movie, um, Poltergeist. Mm. Uh, <laughs> New Orleans continues a unique cemetery tradition, unlimited burials in tombs and plots. Families have used the same tombs in many instances for more than 150 years. You can put as many relatives, friends, or whoever you wish in a single tomb or single grave in New Orleans. Uh, explained Johnny Brand of Sexton for the Firemen's Benevolent Association. When someone dies, the oldest coffin and tumor grave is removed and destroyed. The remains of that dead person in that coffin are put in a body bag in the corner of the tomb of the grave, and the newest person is slotted in. Is uh, The best analogy I can come up with for this is it's basically just hamburger patties stacked on top of each other. Yes. It's, <laughs> it's just how tall can you make your hamburger? It's, it's absolutely incredible to see. And then there's all the sculptures and just people... And Nicolas Cage's pyramid mausoleum. <laughs> so, someday, possibly soon, he will be there. <laughs> um, yeah, that's. It's just one of the the most interesting cultural facets of New Orleans, and it ties into so much of the identity of the city. Yeah, in that way, uh, that I just I was like, all right, I want to write a New Orleans movie. I got to figure out what kind of style it is, but it's like it's time. <laughs> so I think that's where I'm excited about this episode because this is a. It's a it's a pretty general uh, article. Uh, it's 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 not an in depth look at something. There's not a lot of stuff to go off of like some of our previous articles. So you and I probably went in fully different directions, and I can't wait to hear it. So let's start off with the famous question, Rob. What do you got? So uh, first of all, I want to start by saying my director is David McKenzie. Uh, who's the director of Hell or High Water mm. and uh, Outlaw King on Netflix, which I enjoy as kind of a more accurate period companion piece to Braveheart. I need to watch that. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's Chris Pine. It's great. Um, it's it's not as sort of... Um, Braveheart's a really great movie, but it's also, historically speaking, fucking garbage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this is like kind of in the other direction of like, it's not quite as poetically well-made as Braveheart, but at least it's like... All right, yes, this happened. <laughs> but I like David McKenzie a lot as a director. Um, and I like the way he tackles both period pieces and making modern things feel more of a different period. Uh, like Hell or High Water is very much a Western, but now. Uh, so with my movie, uh, we're starting as kind of a, a bank job heist film. Mm-hmm. Uh, it takes place in 1901. Okay. And uh, let me just pull this up here. The 1901 Louisiana hurricane is one of the great hurricanes that hit the city uh, and did a tremendous amount <laughs> one of, of damage. <laughs> uh, just storm surges went over the levees and collapsed them and flooded the streets and, and 90 mile an hour winds buffeted the city. Um, and uh, this stems out of my very much disappointment in a film uh, that came out, I think, last year called Hurricane Heist. Oh, yeah, that's with uh, uh, Schreiber, right? 
Pablo Shriver? I cannot remember the cast off the top of my head. I just remember seeing the trailer and hearing the name Hurricane Heist (laughs) and going, yes. Like Sharknado? (laughs) Yes. And then, no. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So, basically, um, my cast uh, of uh, Ben Foster and Michael K. Williams uh, are uh, aware that there's a storm coming and they plot to rob a bank concurrently with this. Uh, in 1901, so we got that kind of Red Dead Redemption flavor of, of modernizing Old West feel to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the storm does hit. Uh, I have uh, my cast also. Uh, who did I cast as the lawman? I had John Hamm as a lawman uh, going nice. after them uh, during this. And they have underestimated the uh, considerable power of the 1901 storm. Uh, and uh, now have to escape the city as it's flooding and being torn apart. And there are swells of bodies coming down the streets and bones and cemeteries being uplifted. Mm -hmm. And this actually turns into a horror film, uh, which I want to kind of swerve the audience on, as um, they are not quite so dead. Okay. (laughs) So, zombies? Uh, Yeah, kind of. Okay. It's, It's revenants, yeah. Interesting, because uh, I I love voodoo, you know the, the the old sort of voodoo perception of things and hoodoo magic, and I I just uh, I'm I'm curious as to I haven't figured out like why it happens or if if there is a why, because usually the best zombie movies don't quite have yeah. a why. Yeah, don't don't uh, give me patient zero, just have things happen. Oh, it's not a virus. <laughs> that much I know. I hate viral zombie movies. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, I don't know. Maybe they steal something that they shouldn't have stolen. Like like a piece of. Uh, uh, like an artifact or something. Something like that. Yeah. Almost that kind of Raiders of the Lost Ark. There's, there's enough museums down in New Orleans where they can knock something over by accident. Yeah. But a considerable portion of this movie takes place uh, uh, in real time as as the storm is, is tearing the city apart. Nice. It kind of reminds me a little bit of Storm of the Century. Did you ever see that? Uh, that's the miniseries from the Stephen King. Yep. Yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. Where it's like, give me one of your kids. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's basically the plot. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> Do you have any titles? <laughs> Uh, no, yes, no. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. So my perception of the whole movie is like, I think it's Calm Fury is just sitting there and they're yelling and they're like, no, we're not going to give you kids. He's like, I'm going to turn you into a Roanoke. <laughs> but, all right, take one of our kids. <laughs> Do you have any uh, titles for your movie? Uh, yes, yeah, Storm Surge. Storm Surge or Search? Surge. Surge. Yeah. Okay, interesting. I like it. I like it. That's when the water recedes and then comes all the way back in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Nick, what do you got? All right. This episode is going to be fun as shit um, because my story is completely different, <laughs> but it is also a horror movie, but mine's a horror movie from the get-go, as evident by my director of choice, James Wan. Uh-huh. Um, so, while I was reading the article, and here's what I want to do for this episode because we have done in the past where we've foregone one of our pitches and focused on another, I want to really put this thing together. Okay. Um, Because I feel like we have more fun when we get to do that. Yes. (laughs) Uh, So as we were reading, as I was reading the article, I came along a, um, I came along a a section in the article that piqued my interest uh, and I kind of honed in on that. So in the Los Angeles Times article uh, that Rob sent me, and of course will be linked in the description below, um, 
It's also the spot to see Josie Arlington's 1911 Red Granite Tomb. It features a life-size bronze figure of a young woman holding a bouquet of flowers, sorry, roses, in her hands and rapping at the tomb door. Arlington was New Orleans' most famous madam. She also designed her own tomb. The statue symbolizes one of her standing rules, that a virgin never be permitted to enter her bordello. I went down a rabbit hole. And I went to another article, which I will also link, um, which is from New Orleans, NewOrleansHistorical.org. Um, and this article was very much about Josie Arlington and her tomb. So basically, like like the, the passage said, she was a very famous madam in the red light district of Storyville uh, in the early 1900s, like 19 to 1915, 1910 or something like that. Um, so when she died, which ironically, she died on Valentine's Day. 1914, which I found interesting. Uh, so some people see the bronze statue as symbolizing a virgin's doomed attempt to enter the brothel. Um, there are other interpretations of it as well. Um, however, a month after her burial, her family was actually forced to sell the tomb, and she was moved to an undisclosed location. Huh. So no one has any idea where her body's her body or her remains are. Um, the tomb was sold to some, like, prissy lawyer, and... <laughs> The, it's it's actually empty. There's nothing inside of it. Um, so I came up with the idea for a horror film that takes place during present day. Uh, back in 20... Well, present day. It takes place in 2017. The reason being, back in 2017, New Orleans held a kind of festival called Storyville Madams and Music, uh, which was an exhibition that explored NOLA's red light district and the history of it and everything. Okay. So my horror movie uh, takes place during that festival with a group of friends going down there to explore and vacation for about a week. Uh, they go down to experience while the main character begins to see things like a woman in early 20th century garb kind of following them around. Um, while, while doing that, she is kind of getting a little bit more uh, paranoid about what's happening. And she and her friends start to see this woman kind of everywhere they're going. And, you know, the friends start getting killed off. It's, very, it's a very basic plot horror film. Uh, but the premise is her... Uh, is the the group of friends finding her undisclosed location and returning her body to the tomb uh, to kind of to to stop the evil from happening? The film is uh, the idea is to end it with them getting her body in her final resting place, uh, and the whole story takes place over a week long vacation. So it's about a week throughout the entire story. Interesting. Um, so my director of choice is James Wan. I have a very insidious feeling with this movie, a very like Curse of La Jarona. Uh, things like that. Uh, I have a cast of five college friends. Characters named, completely made up, uh, Carly, Zach, Renee, Tucker, and Lisa. Uh, Carly, uh, who is our main character, the girl that kind of like puts this all together, uh, played by the amazing Joey King, who James Wan <laughs> has worked with prior, who is a friggin' horror goddess. She's amazing. Uh, Zach, her boyfriend, is going to be played by Will Poulter. Um who people will know from Where the Millers and was originally supposed to be Pennywise before uh, Skarsgård took the role. Uh, Renee, since I didn't get a user last episode, Zazie Beats is right back in here because Zazie. I want to freaking cast her because I love her so much. Um, she plays Carly's best friend, Renee, and her boyfriend, Tucker, is played by Graham Phillips, who is actually one of my choices to play Flash right now, but I digress. Uh, Graham Phillips is the boyfriend um, in Blockers, of right. the main girl whose whose parents are very sex positive. Uh, I like um, that movie a lot. He's also oh he's also in uh, the Good Wife I think that show. Uh, I have, I haven't watched it. Never watched it. it. Yeah. Uh, and then 
one more friend named Lisa, uh, played by Anya Taylor-Joy, who is from Split and also The Vavitch. Um, <laughs> so that's my cast of five characters, uh, directed by James Wan, because he's one of, if not my favorite director of all time. Probably one of, because I think Denis is still number one up there right now. Um, you see but that's that my Dune trailer? What do you say? You see that Dune trailer? Watched it today, baby. Uh, I'm I'm so intrigued because I I I'm gonna say this on the air. I I don't like David Lynch. I've never been able to get into his movies or his shows. Um, so I'm very interested. I mean, see. it's not like a remake of a David Lynch movie. It's from a book. No, I know, <laughs> but you know, he directed the original. And stuff, yeah, yeah. So. Um, so. Yeah, my, my movie is basically that. It's it's a group of college friends. It's kind of a little bit like Truth or Dare or Polaroid or, you know, all those, like, college kid horror movies where they find something that they need to fix. Um, but with directing by James Wan, I think that could really be put in a very artistic route. Uh, a couple titles that I came up with. I'm not crazy about any of them. Uh, first off is my one-word title, which is Madam. Mm-hmm. Um, I came up with two titles that I kind of wanted to – Positioned in terms of like, you know, gothic horror, uh, you know, House on Haunted Hill, Last House on the Left, things like that. Um, so those two titles I came up with are The House of Granite and Fire, uh, The Woman and the Rose, and then the final title I came up with was Red Light. Hmm. Uh, so those are just a couple titles. Uh, and I'm very curious how we are going to put this into one movie. Okay. So when did Josie Arlington die? She died uh, February 14th, 1914. Let's see. So it's going to be a little bit after your hurricane, because your hurricane's what, 19? Uh, the one I, I settled on was 01. Uh, there is a 1915 hurricane. That could work. Uh, category 4. That's good enough for New Orleans. Oh, or wow. bad enough for New Orleans. 126 mile an hour wind. Wow. Especially uh, back then, 1915. Like, Yeah. I'm looking at pictures of just smashed yeah. barns and stuff. Uh, $13 million worth of damage in 1915. Wow. Wow, that's insane. Uh, that's a lot of money. So, <clears throat> so she died, had this mausoleum made, and then her family sold it? Well, so she had the mausoleum made before she passed. Mm-hmm. She was the one that actually designed it. Yeah. Um, And then her family, I believe they were forced to sell it because there was a lot of legal ramifications. They had to sell her mansion. They had to sell her tomb. They had to, like, all that, like, mm-hmm. you know, all those uh, will stipulations and stuff. Uh, so they had to end up selling all of it, which is why her body was moved. Um, now, easily enough... If her body was moved, and then we have a hurricane in 1915, and you have the bodies come up turning into horror movie and they're zombies, she could be one of the main. More, maybe, maybe it's not just zombies ish. It's it could be ghosts or it could be, you know, just kind of like spirits. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a little bit more like the fog than like a zombie film. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe we do something along those lines where it's kind of like more spirits coming back, not just zombie bodies. Yeah. Okay. So. Trying to hybridize those. I think we could start the movie with this uh, with this robbery of a treasury house, uh, moving it up to 1915. Mm-hmm. So Josie has died, uh, and her body uh, has been moved out of that mausoleum, uh, and has not been put anywhere new yet. It's in storage uh, in a valuable holding site, maybe in like a pot. You know, like they used to put bodies in like a yeah. big pot, uh, just for ease of transfer. And that's why Ben Foster and Michael K. Williams wind up taking her body because it's it's not like a coffin. They're just taking everything out of this place as the storm is hitting. Oh, so they end up actually having 
they end up getting her body, not even realizing it. Yes. But they just end up having it with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is great now, because now I'm planning to kill all of them, because this is the prologue to the film. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Okay. <laughs> uh, so we're then... going the route of our uh, uh, our Independence Day movie. <laughs> yes. Uh, in in so doing, uh, we, we just sort of set up the rest of the film. Uh, now... With them having stolen that and kind of caused some sort of revenant thing to happen. Do you are you thinking along the lines of once we set them up and have them die in the prologue, we then go present day? Yes. Okay. All right. Awesome. I like that. Mm-hmm. So you have this beginning uh, with Ben Foster and who Michael K. Williams has said. Mm-hmm. Um, so the two of them are they're they're robbers. Yeah. And they're trying to are they are they uh, planning this heist because of the hurricane? They're aware that a storm is coming, and they think that's a decent time to get everything out of some sort of safe uh, treasury location and get out of town. Okay. Because, uh, I, I don't know, maybe they know John Hamm is on to their usual shit. Gotcha. Uh, in New Orleans, and they're planning on moving on and, and getting out of the Mississippi Delta. Okay. So maybe they hold up all that stuff somewhere, and they do get away with their their robbery, like, you know, tons of different artifacts and items, mm-hmm. paintings, whatever. And uh, they hold it up somewhere. Because of the hurricane, they can't leave. So they're stuck there. Maybe the two of them die because they moved the body. Something something with Josie's spirit uh, ends up killing them. Mm-hmm. And we flash forward to 2017 during the, the festival. And maybe those kids, wherever, where did, where can we make it that Ben Foster and Michael K. Williams, uh, um, you know, barricaded all that stuff that those kids would end up finding a hundred years later, yeah. you know? Um... Because it can't just be like a hotel room, because that'll be discovered. Yeah, um, so uh, maybe in another mausoleum on on a different side of town, like an unused one. Okay, uh, that's pretty old, and it's it's, gonna, and it's just in this historic site, and it just hasn't been open because it's a historic Cause it's cemetery. A mausoleum, yeah. yeah, and then these kids are you know traipsing through the cemetery because mm-hmm. they're drunk, uh, college vacation. You know, they're on a spring break or whatever. Um, well, actually, it would be winter break because this this festival took place in December. But uh, so you know they're there for their winter break, and they kind of break their way into one of the friends is like, "Oh, look at this mausoleum! It looks like the door is kind of a little bit ajar or something." Mm-hmm. Come on, Tucker, we shouldn't go in there. Oh, mm-hmm. who? You, what are you guys not going to balls? You know, it's the mm-hmm. average college kid. Take, take a picture like you're trying to pull open the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It just opens, and then it just opens, and they find all this stuff in there. Um, and in the far back is one of those big pots with her body in it. Yeah. Uh, but it's just obviously. And now they're having a great weekend in New Orleans because they got all this shit. <laughs> yeah, and they're just like fencing it off to antiques. Yeah, shops. yeah, 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 yeah. They find like you know friggin', you know gold, you know medallions and mm-hmm. and, and jewelry and. Ooh, here's an idea I have now. Like you know they they found like you know all these this old money and gold and paintings and stuff, and they're fencing it off and getting money for it, and then just partying for a week straight in New yeah. Orleans, and they start getting haunted. Uh, with this recurring theme of put it back. Like whispering, they hear it or something? Or? Yeah, like worse and worse things keep happening, and that's the recurring theme is hearing put it back. Okay. But they don't know what it is. Yeah, yeah, So now they're like freaking out, and one of them is just going around trying to like get back all the trying stuff Trying to they get sold. all the stuff back, yeah. And they don't know that it's because like, you know, they've removed the remains, and they have to be interred somewhere. Yeah. Just as part as part of of Josie's sort of vengeful spirit. I like that. So their their whole in a lot of these type of movies like uh, Truth or Dare or Polaroid or even Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, 
um, which is miles ahead of those other two movies I mentioned. Um, but even in all those movies, there's kind of this like video game formulaic mentality where it's, okay, you guys have to go get A, you have to go get B, and we all meet back here, uh, and then we'll figure out what to do with C. Um, so kind of like fetch quests. Uh, so we have these characters going on these fetch quests to to bring back all the stuff that they've uh, fenced. And um, while they're doing that, you know, we, we, we got to lose some of them. You know, it's a horror movie, so we got to lose some people. <laughs> so I am thinking very much in terms of a spirit. I'm thinking kind of in terms of like, you know, if if we go with James Wan, that we get something along the lines of Valak, you know, something very ominous and kind of in the shadows. Hmm. Um, I don't actually know how well you are versed with, with James Wan's films. I believe you are. I don't know if you're really a big horror guy, actually. Uh, it kind of depends on the horror. Okay. I mean, I've seen, like, you know, the Insidious movies. and Have you seen the, any of the, the um, Annabelle universe conjuring uh, and stuff? No, I haven't seen the Annabelle movies. Um, but you know, you obviously know James Wan's style. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking on, something along. there's a mosquito on my computer. I'm going to kill him real quick. I think I got him. <laughs> okay, let's make sure we take that out. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you know, like his style of even even harkening back to like Dead Silence, kind of like the darks, uh, the dark uh, grays and blacks and the reds and things like that would work perfectly in like a New Orleans setting, whether you're looking. Maybe we do something along the lines of it actually being in black and white in the prologue. Um, yeah, it can work. Just, you know, thematic stuff. Um, and then, you know, cut to 2017, we're in the present day, and these kids. So now they're trying to, they fenced off a bunch of these items. How do we, what, what's our What's our logic behind them actually fencing off this big pot? Wouldn't they look in it? Like, what are we doing here? Hmm. I don't know that they've gotten rid of it yet. Or, you know, if they just kind of, like, put it to the side in their hotel room because it looks like a vase. Okay. Or if they, like, just kind of tossed it. Okay, I'm thinking along the lines of putting it back in their hotel room or something, because that way it can kind of follow them, because they go back there to sleep at night, so the spirit can follow. And also, the easiest way around that is, like, they're bringing it into the hotel room and just saying, like, oh, it's an antique keg, when, like, the concierge is looking at them. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty funny. (laughs) So they're bringing it up to their hotel room, and they just put it in, like, the the closet, you know? Uh, and they've got a couple of their other items that they found there. They put in the little safe that hotels have. You I love create it. your little combination. <laughs> um, so they do send off a bunch of those items, and we gotta have, we gotta have, we have to have an expositionist. We have to have an exposition character that helps get them to where they need to be mm-hmm. um, without without treating it as just ex, uh, uh, without treating it just like that. So we need someone. Who, how are they going to do this? Someone who's telling them the the exposition, but they have to be, I don't want to use the cliche. I don't want to use the trope. I don't want to use an elderly black voodoo woman, you know, like they did, they did that in Annabelle and it kind of, can we have like them go to an elderly uh, black woman who specializes in voodoo, uh, but because they're tourists, she just kind of completely bilks them out of their money. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I can. I can. I, I mean, we can definitely do something. Well, what? How are you? And puts on that little show for them that all the, 
all the white Northeast kids want when they go. Okay, but maybe what she's saying, actually, like, they're starting to dig into it and realizing things are happening, but Mm. she's not actually giving them any type of, like, fortune or, you know, something like that. No, She's just BSing the crap out of them. Clearly suckered these stupid kids. Yeah, but they, they, uh, they number 23 it. They find what they're looking for Mm -hmm. in what she's telling them, even though it's not real. Yep. Um, That's actually very interesting, because that way we have exposition without it being purposeful that's my thought yep. you know like that's that's really smart actually because then we have that character that's just kind of like oh this is their exposition character and then it's like oh no she's just tricking these kids out of money oh but it actually they are getting information <laughs> off of this they don't realize yep. it <laughs> it's like when you, when you see your horoscope and it's just such a vague piece of shit but then like you can connect it to something that happened and yeah just, you're off and running yeah, it's like, oh, it's tomorrow you're going to have a stomach ache, and then you eat Taco Bell, and you're like, oh, they were right, uh, I had a stomach ache. The lady who writes the horoscopes for the newspaper was right. <laughs> <laughs> I got to find her. Um, so uh, we have that, and then it's just them trying to get the the stuff back. So we have our five characters. Joey King is our main. Her boyfriend is Will Poulter. Her best friend is Zazie Beetz. Uh, with her boyfriend, Graham Phillips, and their friend, Anya Taylor-Joyce. We got Carly, Zach, Renee, Tucker, and Lisa. We got to kill off all of them besides Carly. Do we leave a final girl? We might as well final girl. We haven't really done that before. Yeah, we haven't final girled. It's not a slasher, but I think we can get away with it here. Yep. Um, So we have to kill off everybody, and now let's think of good horror ways to kill people off. So You know what? If she's a virgin... Then it ties in with the lore of Josie. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Yeah, Yeah. we can definitely, we can make her a virgin if we want. She's not involving her in this because she's a a virgin. Yeah, so she's like. Just like that legend of the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So maybe the first to go has to be like either Lisa, who's the friend without a significant other, Mm -hmm. or one of the boyfriends. Okay. Um, I'm thinking one of the boyfriends. So oh, maybe definitely. we always start with the boyfriend. Yeah, maybe we lose we lose uh, Graham Phillips early okay. on. Uh, let's say they are out at a bar. There is a oh, I forget the name of it. There's an amazing bar in New Orleans, which is the the oldest bar in the city. That's like it's all stone and mm-hmm. like super dark as shit when you're in there. <laughs> um, but awesome music and and great booze. Uh, New Orleans tagline. Um, so we have them there. Maybe he goes out for like a cigarette break or something like that. Mm-hmm. And from the alleyway, maybe he kind of just sees off in the distance a woman standing there. And maybe we do the uh, – maybe we can go with like a trope and have like the street lights flicker. But maybe they flicker in a way that she turns – let me try to put this into words that make sense. She – whatever she's around or something, it kind of turns back into things from her time. So I like, was just saying – going to say when the when the lights flicker, I think they should change from modern street oil lamps, lamps to like oil lamps. Yep, yeah. exactly what I was going for. Yep. Yeah, so while she's standing there, it flickers and it turns to an oil lamp. And every time it flickers, she's moving one closer. Uh, and she kills him. Does she have – how that one should be an off-screen death, I think, the first one. The first one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, we can do all the setup, but then, like, just, just discover the body. Yeah, I'm thinking along the lines of we do something in terms of, uh, like, sucking their soul or something. Like, if she was mm-hmm. a madam of a, of a brothel or something, I'm trying to think of a way to kind of, like, thematically pin that into sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, like, she... Ugh takes their essence or something not their soul maybe but like you know something like that you can always do it with a kiss yeah yeah we can uh do that or even just like a touch maybe a finger to the lips you know something (laughs) a little bit subtle 
Um, just absolutely decay him. Yeah, yeah. Just turns into like a freaking mummified corpse. Um, but yeah, so then, you know, Renee goes outside looking for him because he went out for a cigarette. She's got her drinks. and <clears throat> They're all, excuse me. <clears throat> I just did that right into the uh, to the microphone. <laughs> so we should probably cut that. Um, so Renee goes out to look for him. He went out to have a cigarette. She's got her drinks. Uh, and she can't, maybe she can't find him. Maybe she doesn't find him. Um, so the, the four of them go back to the hotel room. Renee's all distraught because she can't find where he went. Uh, and as they're leaving the bar, maybe we do a, a pull away camera shot and you kind of see him kind of behind his body, like behind the garbage cans or something. Mm. So they don't find him that way. They're not, uh, okay. they're not, uh, hit with the fear yet, mm -hmm. you know? So Renee is still, they're all, uh, they're all still partying and they're wondering where he went. Um, maybe he has a history of being kind of a dipshit boyfriend. Maybe he's cheated on her in the past. Uh, so like Carly and Lisa are saying like he obviously found someone and he's, you know, hooking up with them or something. Mm -hmm. um, so we follow them trying to kind of like search the French Quarter in the middle of the night as, uh, as they're looking for him. Um, and where do we go from there? Rob just hit his boobs. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, where do we take it from there? I guess. I mean, worse. Yeah, worse things have to keep happening when they have to become aware that there's something they're supposed to do. They have to either find one of their bodies, or they have to see it happen to one of them. But the whole time, maybe Carly has been seeing her image. And she's kind of been saying something, and they're like, Harley, you're just drinking, what's the, what's the huge drink down there? Hurricane? They're, you're just drinking too many hurricanes. Like, <laughs> you got to calm down. When we did the ghost tour, they had, it was like a two-drink minimum, and they're giant slushy cups of this hurricane fruit nice. drink. And you're just carrying these down, like, the French Quarter, and you're just like, I can't keep, I had to pee. <laughs> <laughs> well, finish it and use the cup. <laughs> yeah. Um, God, I want to go back to New Orleans now. So Carly's been seeing her. I'm trying to think of other ways we can do that thematic, like, transfer into the 20th century. Mm -hmm. uh, with street lamps to oil lamps. Um, what else? Maybe. I'm thinking I want one of them to be at, be at a graveyard again. Mm-hmm. And have, um, have there be this sudden, just impossible flood that happens. Like, out of nowhere. Yeah. Okay. And have all, like, sort of the vaults break open and all these bones and rotting corpses come out of them. Okay, so maybe maybe Carly and Zach, uh, Joey King and Will Poulter, are, like, hooking up in the graveyard, mm -hmm. making out, and then all of a sudden, one of the, you know, yeah. a levy, but something breaks, and yeah, they, uh, they, oh, they're they kind of surrounded and by like all this. And, like, against the current, a bunch of these bones and bodies just kind of float over to one mm -hmm. of them. Yeah. Impossibly, and just sort of, like, hand and other thing on the and just pull them under the water. Yeah. Yeah, and that's when they start hearing the put-it-back-ish. And then, while they pull them under the water, uh, they turn from bones into their actual, like, early 20th century Ooh, garb. Ooh, I like that. I um, like that a lot. Still bones. But or still decayed flesh, yeah. but they're wearing their their outfits mm -hmm. and stuff. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's when we definitely have those two characters figure out something is totally off. So they run back to the hotel or the bar that the that the five of them were hanging out at, and um, Renee's sitting there drinking at the bar alone because she's just like so distraught that like you know 
character, uh, Tucker, her boyfriend, just left. Um, so they try to grab all of them and bring them back to the hotel room. And I would say the next morning is when they go to the, 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 to the fortune teller. Yep. Uh, so we have the fortune teller tell them the, you know, just trying to milk them for all the money they got yep. um, and tell them stories that somehow they find meaning in. <laughs> and then that night they're trying to find things that they pawned off uh, to get them back. Mm-hmm. We got to lose someone else. Um, we got to lose uh, Anya Taylor, Joy. We got to lose Lisa. Uh, how about she goes back to the mausoleum they, they originally invaded and, and puts a few things back and uh, they uh, they're starting to leave, and the door closes on her as the last one, and the mm. whole thing just sort of like compresses in on her, like the walls. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then like it opens back up, and she's just not in there, or maybe her body's just like dead on the floor. Something like that. Yeah, I can't. I'm not sure which, but it has to be like, how did this happen? Yeah, like yeah. a new dimension or something. Yeah. Okay, that's good. So we lose, we lose two of them. We lost Tucker. We lost Lisa. Uh, so we got three left. We got Carly, Zach, and we got Renee. Um, I'm going to say Zach has to go next. Okay. Because Carly and Renee should probably be our last two final girls. Uh, so after that, they are uh, they decide to split up to try and fence uh, to get back all the items they fenced. And Zach's walking down uh, one of the the long side streets. Um, and there are a lot, for those of you who haven't been there, there are a lot of long side streets in New <laughs> Orleans. So he's walking down, and maybe as he's doing so, he's drinking because he's, like, freaked out, and he's like, <laughs> I got to do something. Right. Um, either drinking or smoking pot or something like that. Um, and while he's drinking or smoking or something, he's completely out of it, and walking towards him is is the the spirit of Josie Arlington. Mm-hmm. Um and while she's walking towards him, like things flicker around her. So more oil lamps and stuff, but also maybe the cars parked on the street flicker into carriages, carriages and horses yep. and buggies and stuff. Yep. Um, maybe the ground actually turns into cobblestone and he trips. <laughs> um, pretty funny. He trips off the cobblestone and she's just suddenly like he's on, he's laying on the ground uh, uh, on his back and yep. she's just suddenly right on top of him. And, uh, Let's fuck with him like that, and and have him keep going, and get kind of beckoned into like an absinthe bar. Okay, okay. Uh, by what we determine is is Josie. Sure. Um, and he goes in, and this is just uh, they're doing like the absinthe pour and everything with the sugar cube. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want him. I want him to be drowned in alcohol somehow. Do you? Okay. Do you mean like he's gonna just drink past his limit and die of alcohol poisoning, or is he physically going to be drowned in alcohol? I think uh, I think they're doing some kind of pour where it's like, all right, stick your head under it. The absinthe is going to come down, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And he gets like stuck there, and it keeps coming down, and just floods into his mouth. Oh God! And like no one else is is seeing this. So like, why is this guy just like flopping at the bottom? Is he okay? Yeah. And it's just like just gushing out of his mouth, and no one knows what's happening, and he just oh, like drowns God. in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. That's Green crazy. fairy, baby. So we're down to two. Yep. Um. So Renee has to be the next ghost. Carly's our final girl. Yeah, and they've been forgetting to to put that the, the big pot back because they just kind of forgot and thought it was a vase in the room. Yeah, they <laughs> th- that, but they also it's not just important because they found gold. And yeah, that's exactly and... it. They figured it's some type of medallion or something of like an artifact. Mm-hmm. They didn't figure it's just this giant ass pot in the back of their hotel room. Yep. Um. So 
they go back to the oh they go back to the hotel room and we can easily transform the hotel room into early twentieth uh, century. Most certainly. Back to the way it looked when uh, when she was around. Um, I feel like we should probably do something of them going to the brothel. But um, I think maybe they open the pot and then it has like a, like some old paperwork or something in there, like a placard that says Josie Arlington. Yeah, yeah. Um, but her remains aren't in there. Maybe I think they're in there still. Yeah. Okay. So that's like, when oh. they discover. Yeah. Um, so now they're trying to get it back to. It's not a vase. <laughs> but here's <laughs> but here's the thing: Are they trying to get it back to the mausoleum they found it in? Because how do they know about Josie's tomb? Her actual red granite tomb mm-hmm. um i mean once they find like her name or something inside of the pot and they like, do their up, history research yeah yeah okay so they discover that they have to bring it back as they're bringing it back we need to lose renee oh definitely so she sees tucker who's yeah. not really there it's um, starting to rain it's starting to rain pretty heavily they're literally wheeling this this giant pot down the side streets it's like three in the morning mm-hmm. it's new orleans so no one's giving them a second glance they're just like, yeah, that's, you know, it's New Orleans. That's happening. Yeah. <laughs> no, good luck, ladies. Uh, so, yeah, so they're, uh, damn, there is a mosquito in here, and he's biting me up. <laughs> I think it's the same one. I know. <laughs> um, so they are wheeling it down the side road, and she sees Tucker mm-hmm. calling for her um, from, you know, from one of the other alleyways or yeah. something. Yeah, the other one doesn't hear this. <clears throat> yeah, Carly doesn't hear it at all. Carly is, like, pushing it, and her head's down. And Renee, who was maybe next to her or in front of her or something, she's just suddenly gone. Yeah, exactly. And Carly can't find her. Yeah. Um, so we have Renee running down this alleyway to find find Tucker. Um, and where does she end up? Um, you know, again, I don't think we necessarily need to see what happens, just that she's gone. You don't want to see the body? Um, this is the last kill. This is a good point. Well, maybe. We'll see. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think this is the last kill. I think you can get away with doing stuff like that with an off-screen kill for the first. But yeah, I, it's just I always go back to the thing and just the last guy to to get killed just like sort of looks up while they're planting dynamite and wanders down a hallway and you never see him again. True, 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 true. Which I always enjoyed. Um, that's a good point. Yeah, I'm trying to – I'm, I'm running out of – creative new orleans ways to kill people i'm trying to think of tucker maybe uh enticing her to come into what she believes is the brothel mm-hmm. um and maybe maybe it's literally just the highway maybe he's like oh yeah yeah we never get the... hit by a car yeah and she just <laughs> kind of walks straight into traffic <laughs> gets plowed down yeah um so then carly sees renee die she's now alone <laughs> and she runs back to the to the pot to bring it to the tomb it's still pouring rain, and she is having trouble getting it onto the grass. Like, the wheels literally, like, are having, you know, trouble getting oh, it yeah. up over the, the, the sidewalk. Big old clay thing. She finally, like, kind of forces uh, it over and in, and now we need an ending. Yep. Now we need an ending. Seems to be a problem with movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this... So have we established, are we going back to where they found it or to the red mausoleum? No, I think to the red, uh, to the tomb. Okay, so I think maybe she uh, doesn't make it out of that mausoleum because Josie's family sold that and it's not technically like what her resting place is. Like at least the mausoleum that she had been stashed away in was empty. 
Oh, so you want to put a little bit of a twist on it. Yeah, so like that is technically her resting place. And just going to this gaudy red thing that, you know, didn't even wind up being where she was. Yeah, because she was... So from what I read, she was literally only in that tomb for a month. And then they had to sell it off. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, that's not her... Or do we do a little bit – I'm having trouble believing that that wouldn't be the resting place. What if we do it, we flip it around, and we make it – she brings it back to where they found it, and they, mm-hmm. then she finds out that that's not it, um, and that the red tomb is actually the final resting place. Yes, she leaves She leaves the red tomb. I'm sorry, she leaves the, 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 the mausoleum. mausoleum where they originally found her and is walking, and she sees a ghost tour, and there's a Nick Wolf cameo. And, <laughs> and, it's, and they're talking about Josie Arlington. And they're talking about how, uh, and despite the uh, the beautifulness of the Red Mausoleum, uh, she was actually only very briefly interred there. Her family had sold it off, uh, and we're going to bring her to her actual, uh, mm-hmm. uh, or no, her family had sold it off, uh, but that was always the place that Josie had wanted to be buried, uh, yeah. which is a very, it's a very weird thing that they were just going to put her somewhere that she didn't want to be. Yes, uh, and that's just that dawning moment of horror. Like yes. I just put her in a random room. Yeah, you have a you have a close place. up shot of her, and then right over her shoulder is the face of Josie. Yep, and that's the end scene. <laughs> oh yes, Got we it. wrote a friggin' horror movie. I'm so happy. This is a uh, full on supernatural horror movie, <laughs> and I might actually put this one on paper. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We have to uh, we have to agree on a title. Mm. Um. Uh, the only one that I had was Storm Surge. What did you have? I have Madam, The House of Granite and Fire, The mm-hmm. Woman in the Rose, and Red Light. Okay. We can always come up with a new one. Um, Storm Surge isn't great for this concept. No. That feels House more of Granite action-y. and Fire is too much like House of Sand and Fog. Yeah, that's true. Um, and there was Red Light and... Um, the Woman in the Rose, and just Madam is kind of good. Madam is kind of good. I mean, we might want to go with that because I think that's probably the best of. Hold on. It's the, it's, I think it's the best of those. Then I just start thinking about Mama. That's um, true too. Because we don't want to oversell going into this thing that it's about just like the, the archetypal, uh, haunting of a, a woman ghost. True, true, true. Um, I'm trying to think of phraseology they had used. For these mausoleums. Yeah, yeah, I'm um, trying to... <clears throat> you know what I'm honestly going to look up? New Orleans lingo. Yeah, right? Let's see, what do we got? <laughs> Literally the first two. Bayou and Cajun and Creole. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, sure, those are foods. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um, I think... I mean, we knew something with, like, the, the notion of the beam below... Sea level or the bodies in the hmm. Yeah, I see what you're going for there. So I'm trying to try, I'm trying to track down what the Ooh, thought is. You know what one of the nicknames for New Orleans is? What? City that care forgot. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> I mean, they're not wrong. Government don't care. <laughs> uh man, 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 man. I'm not resting place. Resting place. Do I want to add final in front of that, or mm. is that too? No, resting place. Yeah. Mm. If Last we add proposed. final, it's too much final destination. Yeah. Resting place. I like it. It's it's simple. Yeah. Yeah. I think we have a movie. I think we do. I think that was a long one, actually. 
Uh, we're we at? at about 46 minutes here. Really? Yep. I figured we were over an hour. I mean, we got through our, our concepts pretty quick. That's we've true. Been, we've, we've been, been pitching the combined fast. film for almost half an hour. Um, okay, this is awesome, and I'm I'm very seriously considering putting this one to paper because I've been wanting to write a full-on horror movie forever. Right. Um, so, I think that's what we got, and everybody, we hope you enjoyed this one. This was a horror episode, so for friends of mine, I know they'd enjoy this one a lot. Um, I am a diehard horror fan. Um, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, we're just going to keep saying the same things over and over to you guys. Like, subscribe, review wherever you can. Google Play, iTunes, podcast, uh, Spotify, Spotify, Podbean, wherever you want to listen to us. Share us. Show your friends. Show your family. If you have articles or stories, please send them in. Um, I would love follow to... us on Twitter. Definitely, we're trying to get more active on that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. WDYG podcast at uh, uh, at, at on Twitter. Um, follow us there. Send us articles. Send us news stories. Tag us and things. Get us some traction, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's basically all we have. I think uh, this is a pretty good film to uh, to end our, end our episode on. All right. So I've been Rob. I've been Nick. And that's what we got. What Do You Got is recorded live at the Cape Swoosh Studios in Bloomfield, New Jersey. Our theme song was written and performed by Trevor Campbell. Additional music is provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. And our wonderful logo was designed by Gabby Weiss. You can find her on Twitter. At, at Gabby Vice. 